Welcome to the Evolve Leadership Innovation Podcast, hosted by myself, Kim Ford, CEO of Rise Pittsburgh. I'm thrilled to showcase industry leaders and their approach to workforce innovation. Because Next looks different for every company today. Let's learn, grow, and connect as we dive deep into leadership evolution. Let's evolve together. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Evolve, where we focus on the evolution of leadership and leadership in the workplace. And uh, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for listening or watching our video recording. And I'm really excited to have Nora on today. Do you mind taking a second to introduce yourself and your company? Yeah, great. Thanks. Um, I'm Nora Green, founding CEO of ImageThink. ImageThink helps businesses uh, unlock potential and get results by helping them think and work visually. So tell me, you know, bring that, dummy that down if you were telling my 15-year-old daughter what you do. What does that mean? Yeah, so um, we bring the, the power of visual thinking to businesses to help leaders um, not only communicate where they're going, but get teams aligned and on the same page so they can make their ideas a reality. And we have a whole host of visual tools that we use to do so. Oh, that's awesome. So it, does it help in general with collaboration? Um, does it kind of help um, companies grow together? Like what is your typical company? Well, typically for us, our companies are Fortune 100 uh, companies. We have had the pleasure in 12 years of working from you know, our first client was NASA, uh, you know, all the way to um, Salesforce and tech. Uh, a lot of our clients do fall into the tech and healthcare space. And I think that that's because both of those industries have a high premium on IP, right? Their intellectual property is everything. And because of that, they really value innovation and collaboration. So um, that's kind of our sweet spot. But we've had the pleasure of working with um all sorts of different companies throughout the years. Yeah, no, uh, that's that's exciting. And and I think, you know, obviously we're, you know, at least I hope we're on the backside of the pandemic and companies still are having a remote workforce. Some are talking about continuing that. Some continue to push back that date of when people have to be in the, in the office. But how do you think leaders drive innovation and employee engagement with that? remote workforce that's existing right now. I mean, we none of us know if that's going to continue forever. I mean, some companies are saying possibly, but you know, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I love this question because obviously we're dealing with an image think and we've helped our clients in the last year and a half uh, work this way. So one of the things you've noticed is um, you there's a high level of uncertainty and a lot of flexibility that has to happen with strategy. So one way we've supported clients with that is helping them visualize uh, messaging that they're going to need to spread out to their team about pivoting, about communication, and using visuals to do that is really powerful because I'm sure you and your listeners know and have had experiences that people remember visuals more than just written or spoken word. Um, it allows for storytelling, for leaders to craft a metaphor and engage people around it. So that's one way, as we've seen, you know, there's a lot of things that are changing and communication and communicating to your team while you're all distributed 
super, super important, right? Um, another way that uh, that we've seen helping clients like work remotely is helping them still keep the meetings um, visual and engaging. So uh, rather than have everybody, you know, staring at their own self on Zoom, um, we'll be on the video calls and using digital tablets, we'll visualize all the content, all the strategy like we would in an in-person meeting, but remotely. So people have another point of engagement. They can literally see their contributions to the conversation pictured with everybody else's. So uh, there's a higher level of engagement for, for that reason. And then we've also helped clients make shifts to make their agenda or their approaches for in-person sessions work better in a virtual format. Now, do you have any strategies or recommendations on creating better virtual meetings? Because we're all stuck still. You know, it's not my favorite. I still love the face-to-face -face meeting. I love to see that body language. I mean, you can kind of get it sometimes through a video call. Um, but I, I think a lot of senior leadership, a lot of C-suite teams are really struggling kind of coming up with a better way to engage people like that. Yeah, for sure. And, and actually, we put together a whole course on uh, how to lead better virtual brainstorms um, and virtual meetings. But a few things to think about is um, one is to adjust your timing. So we found that, first of all, people, I'm sure you know, can't be in a video meeting as long as they can be together. So we'll work with clients to break up longer meetings over a series of days and say, okay, let's keep it to no more than four hours max if we, you know, if it's a workshop, right? Yeah. Um, and give people a lot of breaks. Um, you also need to build in time to connect because if you think about it, if we were in person, we'd all come into the room, we'd look around, we'd see who was there. I'd be like, hey, Kim, how, how's your kids? Like, I hope you're flooding isn't like so terrible today, right? And yeah. Like we had like a pastry or something before we all got together. And that was just really organic. Now that's not happening, right? And so as much as you want to kind of get to the agenda, we help clients come up with, you know, um, either breakout groups or some interesting props. Sometimes we'll actually have people draw at the beginning of the session and hold it up in front of the camera. Um, something to build in that time for connection. Um, because that's not happening and it's super important. So thinking about the timing and really reconceiving how, um, how much time you're spending in a session and making those, my team calls it planned fun, which I, I'm like really scheduled fun. That says, but they're like, yeah, we have to just schedule times for us to connect and like make a point of it because it's, it just doesn't happen in the same way. Um, in a, in a virtual format, but it's really important, right, for the group to kind of understand who's all there, get a little comfortable before you go on to your agenda items. So that's one big point um, I'd like to drive home with, with folks today listening is just build that time to connect and adjust your expectations about how much time you can be on a video uh, virtual meeting and how much you can be done in that session. Yeah, and, and obviously you work with a lot of different types of companies and a lot of business leaders. Um, how have you seen companies continue to be successful during this time? Like, is there 
you know, one critical difference that you've seen or, you know, when you think of the companies that are that are doing well, you know, during this unique time, right? We still have a lot of remote people. We have some in the office. A lot of our clients were finding, you know, they're back maybe two days a week. Um, and they're having flex time, but you know, the majority of at least the folks I'm talking to and working with, they're some type of hybrid. They're not back full time. So what, you know, do you have any, yeah, thoughts? Well, you know, I, I don't have like full insight into, you know, company numbers, but I can tell you with our clients, like different approaches that we saw, um, at the beginning, we saw some people, some very big companies, um, just say, yeah, we can't figure out how to map this program virtually. So we're just not going to do it, right? And they just completely um, hit pause. Now, eventually, because this has gone on so long, they came back and realized that they had to figure out how to adapt, um, while other companies kind of forged ahead and, and said, okay, we, we just have to figure this out. At the beginning, we worked with uh, pharmaceutical companies. Small companies spent 10 years working on this one drug that was about to be approved and they had a huge meeting plan to train on all their sales reps and they just pivoted right away, you know, cause they couldn't put it on hold. So um, those are some different approaches I think that people have had, uh, you know, and seeing some people just charge right ahead and other people be really reticent to try to figure out how they're going to map this um, to the virtual space. And, you know, we, we've been able to help those, those folks as well. So there's definitely, um, there's definitely a wide spectrum to how people have chosen to adapt or how quickly they, they did try to adapt. And I'm not sure if you've noticed that as well, Ken, over the last year or so. Yeah. You know, what's so funny is, is I laugh and I say that some of what I would call the more conservative companies and you know the older leadership companies like such as an older law firm they're the ones that were just so anti any type of video call video meeting you know everything was old school they barely knew how to turn on a computer and use it you know except for the basics and they have been forced to change. And I find it interesting because they've, I, you know, I think for the most part have adopted, but the people that have adopted it much easier, are the younger tech firms that are, you know, just have that mentality of liking um, to, you know, have software. And, you know, it's interesting. We see a lot of growth in software companies right now because of the fact that so much more adoption is in place now. Um, than ever before. So I, you know, it's interesting that we were forced to change, right? Some people, then they would have never chosen to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that we, it, it was eye opening for, for lots of folks of what was possible um, because of necessity, right? Like uh, necessity is the mother of invention. And I think that this is yeah, like so a true. highly creative time um, you know, this didn't impact all businesses equally, right? We have some clients that you said like software uh, that, are, that have thrived because of circumstance and, and other ones that really, uh, you know, really felt some type of downturn or depression in their, in their business. But I think that it, it, all in all, we're going to look back and I know the team at Image think this is the case and say, this was a highly creative time for a lot of businesses because we had to adapt and we had to problem solve and things like, you know, you shared with me that this podcast came out of, you know, of COVID. So I think that in some ways it's been really exciting to see 
the creativity and ingenuity that people have met uh, this challenge with, right? Yeah, and continue to be challenged with. I mean, you know, everybody, at least I thought it was a green light going forward, and we've kind of gone a little bit backwards again. And I just read again this morning that a few additional companies have extended their, you know, till next year now. It was going to be the fall. So I, I think it's really interesting because that, to me, that means uh, additional software that's being built, being launched, being, you know, put, be, you know, going. And I think it's all improving all of us um, in general. So, you know, I think a lot of, you know, really bad things have come out of this, but I think there's been a, there's been some, some, you know, bright, (laughs) bright stars as well uh, along the way. You know, I, we find that a lot of CEOs right now, CFOs, you know, controllers, operations, they're really struggling to figure out and navigate what's next. Um, and I think partly, like you mentioned earlier, because we have no, none of us know, right? I mean, what are your thoughts? Do you have any advice or business leaders as they kind of continue forward and, and figure things out? Yeah, I, I mean, I uh, this is not directly from me, but I think it was a quote I saw from another client about their client, which was Amazon and Jeff Bezos saying, you know, at this point, you cannot wait for 100% of the data to make a decision. If you have 60 or 70% of the information, that's enough to, to act on. And I thought, wow, that's really true, right? Because we, we don't have complete information. There's a high level of uncertainty. And so adjusting our expectations um, or, you know, doing some, some kind of contingency planning. So you know, having a brainstorming session to say, what are the, the possible scenarios that could happen? And we did this even at, at our, on our team to say, okay, if, uh, you know, if this lasts longer, what kinds of trends do we think? What, where are our clients going to be? And how do we try to stay ahead of them? You know, and you sort of do a couple of different scenario planning so that you have different options lined up. So when you sort of feel that the, the earth is pivoting that way, if you will, you are, you and the team already kind of have a a plan on on how to anticipate and what would be next, you know? So instead of having one strategic plan uh, for, you know, a year or three years, maybe you have two or three and they're all three to six months. Um, That's, I think the reality that, that we're all living in. And we're also seeing our clients make decisions very quickly, very um, short term, partially because, we're in a virtual world, so we can. So we we work with a company puts on one of the biggest uh, software conferences in the country, and you know they made the decision to go virtually last year, like a month before the conference, and you know put it on. Um, so there's a lot less certainty, but there's also because we are working remotely, we have the benefit of technology. I think we can execute decisions in some ways quicker. Yeah. No. And I I like your advice on shorter term thinking and partly because there's just so much unknown and we've never really had that happen before, at least in my lifetime, um, not being able to say, Hey, that's planned for, you know, next year, or let's roll this out. Well, I, I just think you can't do that at the moment. I think it's very short term. I, I like your idea of, you know, kind of coming up with a few different scenarios and branching out, you know, those trees, like what does scenario a, what does that look like? you know, what are the positives and negatives? What could go wrong? What could go right, right? Scenario B, because 
Um, you know, at least we're finding a lot of companies, their space has changed, right? Their requirements for their office space is drastically changed because of their workforce. People are struggling to even get people to show up or even to, to hire. So it's been this really unique conundrum that we've never seen before. And, and more than ever, we're finding that companies can't just offer a place for people to show up to be to go to work. They have to actually offer a place that people want to be at. So instead of just giving somebody a desk, people are coming in and actually judging that workplace, looking at like, do I really want to spend the majority of my day here? And it's really interesting because they never did that before. So we're just seeing this huge evolution in general um, with the entire workforce and workplace. So it's uh, it'll be interesting to see. I look forward to talking to you again in the next six months and 12 months and and see how things have changed for sure. Yeah, I think that that's really true. Uh, there's so much uh, happening and so much changing. And one of the things that we're seeing at ImageThink, uh, besides you know, helping design uh, strategic sessions with visuals, uh, a lot of people coming to us and saying that part of their meeting is really just about team building and connecting more, you know, where that used to be, I think, not necessarily in the agenda for an annual meeting or a my annual meeting but people are seeing the need for that. And a lot of people too, who have, like you said, changed positions where they have new team members that they've never met in person and coming to us and saying, help us figure out a way that we can just connect better. And that kind of goes back to like the building and time for it, right? Making right. space for that. So um, that's definitely something, a trend that we've seen that, that companies and leaders are, are starting to acknowledge and really seeing that they need to be intentional about that, um, you know, to keep that connectivity going. And I, and I think that what happens is that people on an individual level are, are productive in these situations, but where it's cross collaboration or different roles have to touch each other, we need more intentionality um, around how we do that because we are distributed right now, a lot of us. Yeah, so, so true. And, and really the purpose of Evolve is to allow business leaders to come together and, and learn, connect and grow. And I can't thank you enough for taking your time today to talk to us and share your insight and thoughts and, and introduce your company. I think it's a tremendous resource for a lot of the, the folks that, that tune in and uh, listen and share. So thank you again for joining us today, Nora. Yeah, thanks, Kim. And uh, hopefully you can stay out of the, the water today everywhere. Yeah. Well, hopefully both of us will stay dry where we are. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you again. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on social media and let's continue to evolve together. See you soon.